Hi there, this is Alana Terry, and you are listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. Hope that things are going well for you. Today is going to be one of our just kind of update episodes where I can kind of fill you in on what's been going on here. And also what I have planned are just some check-ins that I like to go through with myself on a regular basis. Maybe about once a quarter or so, I'll go through this kind of deliberately and check in in different areas of my life and business. And so I want to kind of walk you through how you can do a check-in with yourself as well. So one of the reasons why I feel like checking in with yourself is important is what we've said so many times before on this podcast, and that is that you are the employer and you are the employee of your business. And if the employer and the employee never sit down to have a meeting with each other, then it's going to be hard to keep that business running smoothly. So the check-in is a chance for you to just kind of notice any issues that have come up, give yourself acknowledgement for the things that are going really, really well, and really just to check in with the state of your business. So I encourage you to do this, especially as we're wrapping up the year. This is going to kind of become our end of the year wrap up episode as well, which I like to do for the Successful Writer podcast. In a way, it can even be a nice way for you to keep track of things from year to year. So if you write two or three pages of a check-in every single December and keep those pages all in the same spot, It can be pretty fun going through and seeing things. So for example, I just finished filling up a a box of paperwork that we don't need to keep anymore. So old tax records and car things that are years old that we don't need anymore and things like that. And my business is old enough now that I'm throwing away tax things, right? I've held on to them for the seven years that they advise. And I started writing in 2013. So I'm now to where I get to throw out some of my old tax records. But one of the things I did is I kept a couple of things that showed, like I think I have a statement that shows that I earned $4,000 one of my first writing years, like my first or second writing year. I didn't want to throw that out. I wanted to keep that so that when I go back and do some of my end of the year assessments or maybe next year when I'm looking at my tax documents and getting all my financials in order, I can look back and say, wow, first or second year of writing, I made $4,000 and that felt so incredible and so amazing at the time. And look at where it's gone. It's kind of similar to the parent who just kind of creates a scrapbook for their kid to just sort of show their progression as they're getting older. So doing a kind of formal, as formal as you want it to be, check in with yourself every quarter or once a year. It's not just a nice way to see where you're at right now, but if you wanted to, you could even have it so that later on you've got a record to go back and see what were the things that you were struggling with what were the things that you had accomplished and everything kind of in between so again like i said you can make this really really formal what i like to do for starters is i like to always do a gratitude brain dump and after i get out every single thing that i'm thankful for in this given time period 
Then what I like to do is I like to almost make myself an agenda of these are the areas where I want to check in. So what I'm going to walk through with you is a check-in in five different areas. We're going to do check-ins on your creative life, your business, your financials, your health, and your social relationships. So that's kind of the areas where I want to walk you through how to do a check-in. And in the process, I'll just kind of be giving you updates on how my year went in these areas. So again, when we do these check-ins, it's not so that we can beat ourselves up. And it's not so we can pinpoint all of the terrible things. Again, think about yourself leading this meeting as the employer. You're not going to dive in and tell your employee all the things that you hate about them and all the ways that they've disappointed you and all the ways they've let you down. You're going to start by saying, hey, I noticed that this went really well. You've done great with that. Here's the projects you accomplished this year. And so, again, we want to learn to be very gentle with ourselves this entire purpose is for appreciation and gratitude and just noticing it's not so that we can pass judgment on how productive we were or anything like that so all that being said let's start with our check-in so let's start with a creative check-in and just so that I don't keep worrying about it I want to acknowledge I'm using a different mic right now for recording and I I think that it's picking up some more gobbly sounds than normal so my apologies but again this is more about just being straight from my heart talking about what's going on and helping to lead you through one of these kind of check-ins as well so let's talk about checking in creatively because if our creativity isn't thriving then our writing business is not going to thrive. It's either going to suffer in quality or it's going to make us really, really, really unhappy. I think one of the saddest things is when authors start writing because they adore and love writing, but then the act of running a writing business forces them or just kind of leads them to losing their passion. So that's one of the big reasons why we're starting with the creative check-in. So as you're doing this check-in, like I said, it doesn't have to be very formal. Basically, imagine that you're just sitting with a friend or a coach or a counselor or your boss and they just say, hey, how are you doing just from a creative standpoint? And so then you might talk about some of the projects you're working on. One of the things I love to ask to kind of get my creative juices flowing as I reflect on this is like, what was the most fun thing to create in this past year? What did you enjoy creating the most? And then another question you can ask yourself is like, what did you create that didn't feel good? And what I'm, I'm not saying that we should only work on the projects and make us feel excited or that we should strive to always be in a writer's high. But like I said, if you're, if you have gotten to the point where there is like 10% to 0% passion in your writing where you used to be at like an 80 or a 90% passion. That's an important thing to note. And then at that point, there's some tough questions that you might need to ask yourself. Is it worth it? Is this what you want to keep doing? Is it time to mix things up creatively? So another way that I like to ask this question is what does my creativity need or want the most right now. And sometimes that is a pivot. 
mixing something up, trying a new genre, branching out into a new pen name even, or just shaking things up. Maybe you always write cowboy romances set on a ranch in Texas and your creativity is getting bored. And so you decide to do cowboy romances set on a farm in Arkansas, right? Like we can still allow our creativity room to grow and play and strive to write to market and meet our reader expectations and keep on doing what our brand is known for doing. So that's a question I really encourage you to ask. If your muse or your creativity had complete free reign to do whatever, what would they want to do? Don't censor the answer. See what comes up and then you get to put on your marketing cap and say, okay, how can we fit what my creativity longs to do with something that makes marketing sense? No matter how much my creativity might love it, I'm not going to take my Christian suspense brand and turn it into like dystopian horror. <laughs> my readers would not go there with me, but maybe Maybe I love the idea of dystopian horror. And so what I could ask myself is, how can I give my muse what it wants and still meet my reader expectations? So maybe that means that I write an apocalyptic from the biblical sense, not just a pop cultural sense, thriller series, right? Or maybe I really want to do the horror. So maybe I tie it into what I do by having, you know, like the demons there as the evil figures, the other option, again, is doing a complete pivot and say, okay, I want to do apocalyptic core, which I, I just want to mention is completely hypothetical because it's pretty far from where my creativity is drawn at the moment. But let's say that's where I was drawn. My choices are to either A, ignore my creativity, which you can do for a little bit, but it's not going to end up fun in the long run. Might end up making you resentful, might lead to burnout, but it is an option. So you can ignore your creativity and keep doing what you know will sell. You can try to work what your creativity wants into the brand you've already got. And sometimes that in itself takes a lot of creativity. It might not be completely obvious. Maybe you write historicals and you really want to try some contemporary, but you don't want to start an entire new brand or pen name. How do you make that work? Well, maybe you do one of the time split kinds of series where some of it's in contemporary times and some of it's in historical times. Maybe you tie it in so that the protagonist of one of your historical series now has ancestors who are finding their journals or things like that and connecting with them in there. So finding where your creativity and your reader expectations overlap and creating something like that is often the best compromise. The other option is branching out, doing a complete pivot and trying something new, a new pen name, a new genre, or so on. For me, 2021 has really been the year of the pivot where I'm focusing less on making fiction and focusing a lot more on helping other authors to market and to grow in their mindset. And so my business has definitely gone through some pivoting because my creativity was tired. 2020 was a, a real shakeup for me, for my family, for the world. And I didn't feel the urge to force my creativity to just keep on writing 
what I had always done. And so I gave myself permission to pivot. Does that mean I'm never going to write a novel again? I sure hope not. (laughs) But if it does, I'm also okay with that because I am choosing to prioritize where my creativity is taking me as opposed to forcing my creativity into something where I don't want to do it, but I feel like I have to do it just because I've always done it that way. So for me, Pivoting has looked like focusing less on the fiction, focusing more on my courses and resources for authors. It has also looked like adding on to my author brand. So Successful Writer used to be all about courses about ads. And now I've added things like courses about creativity, courses about your money mindset, because I... I really enjoy talking about things on both levels and I like helping you to feel encouraged and inspired. Just like in the podcast, sometimes it's straight up, here's some creative ways to market your books this holiday season, but sometimes it's more about the mindset. Here's how you can get over writer's block or here's some of the money blocks that might be keeping you from being as successful as you can. So for me, I consider myself to be on a journey with my creativity and I'm letting my creativity sit in the driver's seat for most of the time. I'm still right there in the passenger side. I'm still reading the map. I get to navigate, (laughs) but I don't consider business me as the creative director anymore. And I'm doing that because my creativity took such a hit in 2020 that I knew my choices were either to keep on doing what I was doing and get pretty miserable with it or to find a way to pivot. And there has been, to be completely honest, there's been some disappointment there. There's been a sense of loss, but there's also a sense of extreme excitement because I don't know where my creativity is going to lead me. So next up, we want to do a business and finance check-in. So after you check in with your creativity, now's the time to check in with your publisher side. This is a good time to even just kind of make a note. What books did you publish? How many words did you write? If you've got a way to keep track of that. Again, this is a nice way to acknowledge what you have produced and it's also pretty cool to be able to go back and look like wow my first year as a writer I wrote one book the next year I wrote one book the next year I wrote three (laughs) you know two years after that I wrote 14 or, or whatever it is it's a nice way to check in on that I also love doing just a quick brain dump of big accomplishments I finished this series or I had my highest selling month or things like that. So that again, you have metrics to track your your growth as an author. I also want to add a note here that if you're looking at your finances from 2021 and you're comparing them to previous years. Now, for most indie authors, for most of the progression of this industry, most authors who continue to write see an increase from year to year. The last two years is where I've seen several authors looking back, maybe in the last two to three years, and saying, wow, I wish my sales numbers looked like they did back in whatever year, right? We're getting now to where it's not always an uphill climb. 
2021 is the first year that my fiction didn't make significantly more than it had the previous year, right? Like I was in this stage of doubling my income for multiple years in a row from my fiction. Some of it is absolutely because I took a deliberate pivot, like we talked about. Some of it has to do with just market trends and things like that as well. So if you're looking at your numbers and feeling discouraged, I just want to remind you that looking just because you made a certain amount in 2017 doesn't mean that what you made today has a ton of bearing on that, right? And so just feel like reminding everybody that these check-ins are not to beat yourself up. It's just to see where things are. Now, what I hope for you is I hope that this was a great year for you. I hope you saw growth. I hope you saw improvement. If you didn't, I have two kind of practical suggestions for you. And some uh, some people are going to choose to focus on one. Some are going to choose to focus on another. Some might choose to focus on both. So one is to really get your ads nailed down. We're almost to the point where the cost for ads on certain platforms are getting expensive enough that if you don't know how to do it now, it's going to be really hard to make a profit without giving up, right? Because ads take tweaking. It takes time to learn how to run them well. And so if you've been on the fence about paid ads, I would say grab it now. You can go to courses.alanaterry.com slash library to get my courses on BookBub ads, Facebook ads, and Amazon ads, and make this coming year the year that you determine that you will figure out at least one of these platforms really, really well. So on the one hand, if you're disappointed in your numbers, I encourage you to focus on the marketing side. The other strategy is, especially if you've tried ads or still not working, if you've hit a plateau, you keep on writing new books and your income is exactly the same or things like that, I also encourage you to dive a little bit into your money mindset. We did several back-to-back episodes about this in the Success Writer podcast. Um, I think it was like late summer, maybe early fall. So that's something to check out. I also have a course um, called Smash Your Money Blocks for Authors. But sometimes it's more of the mindset that's forcing us to keep on playing small. So I would say if you are to the point where you're disappointed enough in your numbers that you resolve to make 2022 a better year financially for your writing, Focus either on the marketing and ads, focus on the money mindset. We've got resources in the Accessible Writer Academy to help you with both. And those can be the stepping point so that hopefully this will be the last year where you look at your numbers with a sense of discouragement. Now, let's say you're not in that boat. Let's say you're looking at your numbers and you're really, really happy and thankful. So then some questions you can ask yourself are, how can you optimize? How can you take what's working well and make it work even better? How can you keep on improving either your ads or your money mindset or both so that your numbers keep on growing? Or you can ask yourself, how can you start giving back? Maybe that's through um, donation to charity. Maybe that's through beginning to teach others what you've learned. There are so many ways that you can give back. So if you have had a really, really successful year, I hope that you take the time to acknowledge your hard work and to express gratitude for everything that aligns to make this such a good year for you and to find ways to be generous with your time and your money and your energy.
A couple straight up numbers that I encourage you to look at. I absolutely encourage you to look at your gross book sales. I also encourage you to look at some of your breakdowns. How much of your income came from paperbacks versus ebooks versus audiobooks versus KU page reads? How many of your sales came from Amazon versus the wide retailers? Having some way to keep track of those numbers from year to year and see just at a real quick glance how they're doing is really, really useful. A few other questions you might decide to ask yourself are things like, what series was your biggest seller? Or what was your highest month of income? What was your lowest month of income? Some of us are kind of on a flatter trajectory where income remains relatively stable. Others of us can have thousands of dollars worth of fluctuations from month to month based on whether we've got a new book out or what kind of promotions we're doing or things like that. So looking at your baseline, your average per month, looking at your highest month compared to your lowest month, things like that can be really, really useful. And then, like I said, knowing the breakdown between what money is coming in from where can be really useful. So I encourage you to look at your gross income. I also encourage you to look at your profit, right? So if you made $50,000 and spent $52,000 on ads, that's something to pay attention to. The other thing that I, I really encourage, and here's a part that I think a lot of authors miss, figure out how much of your income benefited you personally. So not how much went back into covers or ads or your editing. How much money were you able to take out of your writing business and put into your personal bank account to benefit you and or your family? Because at the beginning, yes, we need to, a lot of us at least, start by reinvesting everything or nearly everything into the business. If you've been at this for a couple years though, and you really feel compelled to take this from hobby to career, then money needs to be going out of the business back to you. Eventually, that money should go back to you. I think about this every time I prune my garden. We got this super cool indoor veggie garden. And when I'm uh, clipping off, you know, my cilantro for our burritos or my lettuce for a salad or things, there's part of me that's like, oh, too bad. I had a big old bushel of romaine and now I have half a bushel, right? But instead, I think about that as, okay, first of all, I know that the purpose of this garden was to produce food for me. Second of all, just because of the way that gardening works, I know that taking half of that romaine head means that it's going to be inspired to grow even more. And so sometimes I think about that when you take money out of your business and give it to yourself or your family budget, it's not only doing what it's supposed to do, but it's also creating almost like a money vacuum so that more money can come in. What I mean by this is let's say you make on average a thousand dollars a month from your books and it's very easy for you to find a way to spend a thousand dollars a month on your expenses. But then let's say you have a month where you make six hundred dollars. You're going to find a way to make your expenses equal $600 and your business is going to be just fine. So sometimes taking money to yourself and taking it right off the top before you have a chance to put it back into the business, it's a really good step to take if you're to where you've been putting money and reinvesting money back into the business and you're ready to go, like I said, from hobbyist to career 
It's this idea of paying yourself first. If you want more kind of motivation and inspiration on that, I recommend the book Profit First. You can even search. It's probably in the podcast archives. I'm pretty sure it's also on the YouTube channel for um, the Alana J. Terry YouTube channel. I did a book recap on Profit First that can talk you through that. But remember, there's nothing wrong with being a hobbyist writer. If your goal is to write books and to keep on writing enough books that you can pay for your covers and edits and you're happy with that, then that's totally fine. If, however, you want to get to that next level, then eventually you need to stop putting everything back into the business and you need to take some of it for you. It's another way to keep yourself and maybe even your family from becoming resentful. I thought about this a lot when I got my very first home office that wasn't just like part of the bedroom or something like that. And the way I explained it to myself was, I am taking something that rightfully belongs to my family, right? Like two of my kids had to bunk up as opposed to getting a bedroom of their own. I was taking a chunk of our monthly rent and giving myself a space to work. That forced me to say, okay, therefore my family deserves some of this money that I'm earning back. Or think about how much time you take for your writing. You and or your family deserves some money back from that. So again, this isn't to beat you up if you're happy at hobbyist level. But if you're kind of ready to take that next step, then I would really, really encourage you to make sure that you are taking money out of the business, giving it to you, even if it's really small at the beginning, even if it's like 5% or something, as a way to make sure that you are treating yourself professionally, right? If we go back to you're the employer and the employee, an employee is not going to work for free for a decade without getting resentful and things like that. All right, so that is our business check-in. And I encourage you at the end of every year, tally up how much money did go back to you, back to your family. And you can see, is that does that number kind of match when you compare it to your gross income? Does it sort of match? You know, if you're making $300,000 from your book and your family budget sees 2000 of that, that's probably not a great match, right? And so... Again, this is just a time to just look at your numbers. I love to see from year to year. So if you wanted to make yourself a spreadsheet or even just like, I'm a big note card girl. So like putting certain things on note cards this year, here is my gross income. Here is my profit and being able to see that. And then also knowing your percentages um, from your different marketplaces and your different um, formats, right? Paperback, audio all of that can be useful. And that'll also help you notice trends, things like that. Knowing your highest selling book or series will also help you know where to focus more of your attention, right? When we talk about following the energy, sometimes following the energy really does mean follow where the money's going. If everybody's loving this type of book you write or this series, keep on doing more of that, right? So sometimes following the energy means following what's making you the biggest profit and you need to know what's making you the biggest profit by checking in with these numbers every so often last up we're going to do more of a personal life check-in and i find this important for multiple reasons the biggest of which is that like if i'm suffering in my social life or my emotional well-being or my physical health that is going to impact my business. More so, I would dare say, than a lot of other careers. Now, if you want to argue the point with me, I, I won't, you know, put on my boxing gloves, but I feel like 
as a creative, we are a lot of the times more susceptible to our work suffering if we're really, really stressed or we're not feeling in tip-top shape. Not every writer is going to experience that, but that's been my experience, which is why these personal life check-ins are really important too. So I'm going to cover two. I'm going to cover health and just kind of your social relationships. But there are lots of other things that you could do too. You could check in with your mental health, your spiritual life, your like hobbies and what you do for fun outside of writing, which is super, super important. But let's just do a quick check-in for your health and your social life. So checking in with your health can be things like, when did you feel really energized? How could you become more healthy? Again, it's not to beat yourself up, but it's about noticing things. Maybe you notice that when you get amazing sleep, you have an amazing writing day. And so the obvious question you can ask yourself is, what's one thing I can do to ensure that I get slightly better quality sleep than I normally do? Or what's one thing I could do this year to become a little bit more active than I was last year? And then another part of checking in is just kind of a recap. How did your year go? Did you have any major illnesses? Did you have any seasons of mental fog or insomnia? And just kind of noting those, not so that you can be discouraged or disgruntled about it, but just so that you can know. And sometimes noticing these things can be really, really useful. For example, maybe you notice that in the winter months you suffer from lethargy and that's just kind of the way your physiology is made. And then you kind of have two choices. You can choose to sort of attack the problem. Maybe that means you get outside every single day and you get yourself a happy light and you go to a tanning booth and you take tons of vitamin D, right? Or, and or, I would say, Maybe it just means that you give yourself permission to have your winter months be a little bit lower output without any sort of judgment or guilt. That's just the way it is. And you know that as soon as spring comes, it's going to pick back up, right? Sometimes just noticing how the time of year or your hormones or your quality of sleep or what you've eaten, how all of these things impact your creative energy can help you make smart choices and also to be gentle with yourself so maybe you know that when you eat a big old sugary dessert the next day you've got some mental fog and then again you have two choices and both of them are totally fine because you're in control of your life your choice is to cut back on the sugary dessert so that you have a better clarity of mind to write the next day or sometimes and you know, do this with full blessing. (laughs) You eat the dessert and you just know that the next day you might not write 5,000 words like normal. You might write 2,000 words and it's totally fine because the next day you're going to eat better and you're going to pick right back up. So start noticing things like how changes in temperature, hormones, sleep patterns, what you eat, how all of those things impact your creative energy. And that will help you either make smarter decisions to protect your creative energy better or to just be gentle with yourself and be like, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up and call myself lazy when I didn't write today when I know I only got three hours of sleep last night and I know that I don't function as well when that happens. I know for me this year, I feel really, really good about where I'm at in my health. I feel like I've sort of come over some of my obstacles. One of the big ones I had was 
an objection to very strenuous exercise because it really was triggering to back when I was, you know, in high school and would exercise for hours to beat myself up for not looking like I thought I should. I think I've been able to make some good progress there. I've also been paying way more attention this year to how taking care of myself physically does impact my creative energy. And so I'm doing more things like making stretching and regular movement a more normal part of my life. And so, yeah, just checking in with those things and remembering that your health impacts your creativity is really important. If you want some great inspiration, especially going into the new year on this, the healthy writer that Joanna Penn co-wrote is really, really useful. So I would encourage that if you kind of just want a little bit more incentive. I also read a really good book recently called Spark that talks about how exercise helps you with your learning and your mental health and your creative energy. So for those of you who get a little bit incentivized by knowing the science behind some of these things, uh, that's a book that I really recommend as well. Next up, let's talk about just doing a quick social check-in. How are your relationships. One of the things I really like to do at times when I'm sort of debriefing with myself or maybe as part of my gratitude brain dump, I like to make a list of all the people who have helped me in my writing. So my editor, my cover designer, my arc team, my publishing assistant, things like that. The person I called up to research because they're a dentist and I needed to ask a question about how a dentist would respond in this situation, things like that. Um, Noticing those kinds of things can be a really nice way to sort of start your social check-in. And other questions you can ask are just, where did you have meaningful connections in this past year? I hope that for many of us, 2021 was a less isolating year than 2020, but we're still going through a lot of these things. I would say one of my social highlights from 2021 was being able to see my grandparents over the summer and help my grandpa celebrate his 98th birthday and to see some cousins. Some of them I haven't seen since like 2001 or so. That was a huge social highlight for me. And sometimes it's nice to just reflect on highlights from your past year, right? Like what was your your favorite memory? What was your best connection? When did you laugh the hardest? What was something you were most inspired by? I love going through these reflections because then you kind of get to relive some of these great moments. I remember sitting in Shang-Chi when it came out and feeling maybe more for sure more so than any other movie I've seen and comparable to like the very 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 best musicals I've seen live just feeling this sense of awe and wonder and not to sound sacrilegious but it it felt in a way like a very spiritual experience as well like it was just the imagery the story it was so beautiful it, it led to me feeling very lofty <laughs> and it was, it became kind of this worshipful experience. Not that I was worshiping the movie, but just worshiping for me, it was the God who created all of this beauty in the world and these creative geniuses who can create such beautiful art. Okay. So we went and we saw it. Now for us getting to the theater is an all day process because we're so rural. 
I really, really, really wanted to go see it one more time before it left theaters, but it just, it was not practical or realistic. And I didn't want to sit seven hours in a car to make that happen. But the cool thing is I can sit and quiet my thoughts and remember the feelings that sitting in Shang-Chi brought up and I can kind of relive that. And so that's kind of what I mean by just going over some of your highlights. When did you laugh the hardest this past year? And things like that. Another part of checking in socially is just were, were there any relationships that you have hurts or disappointments that you want to acknowledge and perhaps let go of? Or maybe the, the act of acknowledging them will help you to not be kind of subconsciously holding on to them anymore. That's another part of what you can do in your kind of check-in about your relationships. And then even setting intentions for this next year. What kind of relationships do you want to foster? What sort of communities do you want to be a part of? I'm really excited. So I'm recording this a little bit early. It's still uh, like late November as I'm getting this out. And I'm in the process of kind of adding different things to the Writing Cave Patreon community, figuring out in Discord, part of our Discord community that's part of our Patreon, like what kinds of things are going to be the most useful. And so I get to sort of set the intention. What do I want this community to feel like? What are some of the things that I want people to get out of this? So if you're longing for a writing community, I would encourage you to come join us there if you're not there already at patreon.com slash writing cave. I know for me, I would say socially, what's hard for me is that I don't have real life business friends. I have virtual business friends. I have a lot of people that I love to talk to about business and about writing and about marketing, but I don't have anybody that I do that with like face to face. And so that might be an intention that I set for 2022. I want to maybe find some or create or host some uh, writing retreats or things like that, where we can get more of that face to face social connection because that is so important. I just want to remind us all that we don't write in a vacuum. We need these social connections to keep our mental health strong, to stay encouraged, to give back to others. And really like if you want to kind of make it cut and dry for writing research too, right? Like the more people that you get to know and meet, the richer you can write, right? Because you can draw from that. So I know that's a big hope of mine for this coming year is richer writing community. And so if you're also longing for that, come join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash writing cave. And that actually leads me to the end of our check-in. So we checked in on our creative lives, our business and finances. We did some check-ins on our personal lives, like our health and our social relationships. You could do this for other areas in your personal life. You could do it specifically for your family. You could do it for your spiritual life. You could do it for specifically for your mental health. There's lots of other areas that you can go into, but I hope that this gives you a feel for how to just lead yourself through a check-in and how that can help you reflect on 
what's past, set intentions for what's to come. And I hope that you are wrapping up 2021 with a huge sense of just gratitude and appreciation and thankfulness. And I also hope that you are feeling so hopeful and optimistic about what this coming year has in store for us all.